Well, it might be a quietish start to the week, but the action hots up tomorrow. The RBA meets. They will lift rates. Is it going to be 25 basis points, 40 or 50? Who knows? The ECB won't lift rates, but they will signal maybe when the uh, rates will start and how much buy. Maybe they'll give a hint on that. And the US inflation numbers are out at the end of the week because, of course, it's all about inflation. When will it peak? And today we'll continue to look for signs that maybe things are starting to top out, but the data is really mixed right now. It's hard to tell, isn't it? It's Monday, the 6th of June, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, equities were down on Friday, including a 2.5% fall in the NASDAQ. But that was, of course, after a one-day burst of optimism on Thursday. So over the week, they were down just 1%. Same pattern for the S&P and the Dow. The S&P finishing the week 1.2% down. The Dow losing 0.9% over the week. So just about the same. And European stocks starting the week higher, but lost ground over the week in the same way, with the Eurostoxx 50 down 0.7% over the week. Bond yields were rising. Ten-year Treasuries up three basis points on Friday, up 20 over the week, and about the same for two-year yields as well. If that seems a lot, German 10-year bond yields rose uh, more than 30 basis points last week. Aussie 10 years were up 23. So it's happening everywhere. It seems the US dollar rose 0.3% on Friday on the DXY. It climbed less than half percent over the whole week last week. The Aussie dollar and the Japanese yen were the biggest losers on Friday, both down 0.8%. The pound wasn't far behind, losing 0.7%. The Aussie uh, just over 72 US cents now. And oil even higher, although it did dip middle of the week last week, of course, but Brent up 1.8% on Friday, uh, which makes it pretty flat over the week. I have a feeling there's going to be a lot about oil this week. Uh, central banks as well, of course, and we'll come to that. Sky Masters from NAB in Sydney is uh, joining me this morning to kick off the morning call. So, uh, yeah, on oil, I mean, is, is, is this becoming our proxy for inflation? Are markets getting quite responsive to oil right now because oil prices are up and down? We saw that last week. Is that really what's driving the volatility right now? Because we sort of know where central banks are heading. So oil is sort of like the unknown factor, isn't it? Good morning, Phil. Um, look, I, I don't know the correct answer to that, really. I, I, I think, um, you know, everything's sort of going up and down at the moment. Um, you know, we have seen big moves in, in bond yields over the last year. We've seen um, big moves in, in oil. And I think we're all now in this sort of phase of, of waiting to see what next. And, um, you know, I've said to you previously, I think we're in this period of range-bound volatile mark- markets until we get a clearer mm. picture of the way forward. And that volatility, of course, is being driven partly by data, which uh, is confusing sometimes. It, 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 it gives us con- conflicting news sometimes. And similarly, the whole news agenda. So we had over the weekend the head of Asia at Vital Group, the oil refinery group, saying that he reckons uh, that maybe the US is going to turn a blind eye to accepting more oil from Iran, even without a renewed nuclear accord, if that's going to get the uh, oil supplies up and uh, and and get oil prices down in, t- in time for the midterms, he's saying. So he reckons a million more barrels, uh, that this is more than OPEC said that they would uh, up their production by when they met last week. So when we see uh, headlines like that, you know, it, it really is difficult to determine you know, that that path that you're talking about as to, you know, a clearer direction. We really don't know. I think though, when you're looking at markets, um, if I look at bond markets, they're well priced now for uh, central bank tightening. Mm. So, you know, I've said this to you before, you know, the markets in the, for the US is pricing a terminal Fed funds rate of around 310, 315, um, sort of to be re- reached early 2023. Um, and, you know, if, if you look at, 
Friday's data, and I'm sure you'll you yep. ask me a question around payrolls, but there was nothing in there to say that the Fed should take the funds rate higher than that yeah. or even it, it should be lower. So I think the bond market is well priced now for this tightening cycle. Um, it's questionable whether the equity market is is as yet. Yeah, well. And so I think that's why you're seeing more volatility now in, in equities. Yeah. Well, I guess they're looking, they're looking forward, and uh, they're looking more at the the profitability of companies, maybe more than they are looking at the action of the Fed. But the Fed, it's going to take a lot, isn't it, for them to change their uh, their direction of travel now? Even non farm payrolls on Friday. So yes, let's talk about that. Three hundred ninety thousand new jobs. That was more than expected. We didn't see the unemployment rate fall. Uh, but which was expected, but that's only because we actually saw more people joining the workforce. So that's sort of like a positive. Uh, but of course, we need to see a lot more people joining the, the workforce if we were to see this tightness in the labour market being alleviated. Hence, you know, it was good news, but uh, not such good news that it's going to change the path for the Fed, was it? Yes, that's true. So an- another solid um, payrolls print, but nothing to shift market pricing. Um, you know, wages remains, wages growth remains strong. Um, but the number mm. came in slightly below expectations for the month. Um, and, you know, so, so the, the labour market is is solid, um, but you're not seeing continued upward pressure on wages. Now, maybe maybe the reason for that is, is that you're seeing more people re-entering the labour force. Um, you know, so there's jobs growth out there, but people are re-entering the, the labour force and hence you've got the unemployment rate holding holding steady. Yeah, well, one of the signs we saw from the ISM, the non-manufacturing, uh, was that employment is up from 49.5 to 52.2. But that, So that's a good sign. But we also saw prices coming down as well. So another good sign, a little in May, from 84.6 down to 82.1. So that is quite a drop. And of course, right now, we're all looking for any sign that inflation might have peaked. So we'll we'll take that. Uh, but that, that was the good news. The, generally, though, the, the top line figure, uh, ISM for services, was down on the previous month. It's still well over 50. So it's still growing. So the services sector is growing, uh, but perhaps that growth is slowing a bit. So that is another example, isn't it, of how we're getting mixed information in the in the data that we're seeing right now. It's it's difficult to construe, you know, what is the real story here? Yeah, and and you're right. Everyone everyone's trying to work out has inflation really peaked, um, and and is it is it heading lower, and how fast and quickly is it is it heading lower? And so I think, yeah, if you're looking at if you're looking at markets and where to from here, um, you know, Friday's, this coming Friday's US CPI report is is really important. Um, you know, you, I think if that does show that inflation has continued to, to, to come off the, the recent highs, then I think, you know, more of the same for the bond market. You know, this this sort of Trading, trading a, a relatively tight range will will continue. You know, US terms in a two seventy to three percent trading range. Um, however, if inflation surprises to the upside, then I think that sort of the market will start to question around. Well, okay, the Fed's going to continue to keep tightening at each meeting into the end of this year, and maybe we need to take. You know, maybe they need to take the terminal rate above 
current market pricing, which I said is around 310. Well, that's also where we start looking at oil again, isn't it? See, see if, we, if there's going to be more oil in the market, is that going to help bring uh, prices down? And also, you know, what's going to happen in China as well? Because uh, we, we, when we get China's Caging PMI numbers uh, today, uh, the question is how quickly is China going, going to bounce back? So Shanghai came out of its two-month lockdown in the middle of last week. They had seven new cases on Thursday, seven, and four neighbourhoods were sealed off. Two million people stay uh, staying confined at home uh, because of seven cases. It's going to take time, isn't it, before we see that picking up? And yet, you know, we had uh, good news on Friday. Germany's balance of trade exports shot up uh, from a 3% fall in March to a 4.4% increase in April. So um wondering whether that is the sort of ammunition the ECB is going to use for their steady-she-goes approach, because, uh, of course, they are meeting this week. Yes, so yeah, ECB later this week um, where, you know, it, it's been widely telegraphed that they're going to announce the, um, you know, end of um, their asset purchases um, but I guess the the key will be the guidance around um, you know what they give in terms of when the first rate hike is, which is widely expected to be the next meeting in July. Um, but the pace at which mm. the tightening um, occurs, and you know whether whether it's a slow and steady pace, which is what the RBA is, is suggesting they're doing. But we'll see what happens on Tuesday, um, or whether you know the ECB follows. Um, some of the other central banks in in tightening policy a little bit faster. Yeah, well, it's a very different situation, isn't it, between the ECB and the RBA? Maybe we can explore that in just a second. But, of course, it is the RBA tomorrow. And nobody seems to be quite able to agree what they're going to do. Are they going to lift by 25 basis points? Is it going to be 40 basis points? Is it going to be 50? I would like to see 40 just to take it to 0.75% because uh, then, you know, they, they were keeping it rounded to to 25 points you know so otherwise you know 25 is going to take it to 0.6 percent 50 would mean 0.85 percent you know that it's all just a bit untidy so i'm in the 40 basis point camp sky i just like to keep things neat um i guess it, it is untidy if you like to see you know the 25 um increments I, i'm not sure the rba views it as being untidy <laughs> Um, but you're, you're correct in that you know, the, the, in terms of the um, economists, they are very sort of divided in terms of what they think the RBA will do on Tuesday. Mm. Um, the latest Bloomberg survey, I think, has eight economists looking for a 25 basis point move, 11 calling for a 40 basis point move and three calling for a 50 um, so pretty, pretty divided. Um, the market. There's eleven. Though, yeah, there's eleven neat freaks in there. Then the, the eleven there are. for the four. Yeah, yeah. There are, are Phil, there are eleven people <laughs> like you. I'm not alone. So, but the, you know, the market is pricing um, around a ninety percent chance of a forty basis point move as well. So, mm. you know, I think mm. the market wants it to get back to to a neat a neat rate as well. So, um, you know, I, I have. Your NAB is calling for a 25 basis point move, but I have to say, Phil, I'm in your camp as well. I'd like to see them deliver a, a 40 basis point move. Um, but it's quite aggressive, it. isn't it? The, the way the markets are pricing right now, it's quite aggressive. I mean, up to 3% by the end of the year. I mean, is that realistic? I mean, when we look at, you know, how Australia is faring compared to uh, the United States and Europe, for example, we know we don't have the same uh, pro- problems with fuel prices to the same extent as Europe, and we haven't got the wage uh, 
pressure that they've got in the that they're seeing in the United States, and obviously they also have to be careful about house prices as well because they were well down six point four percent month on month in April, down seven point three percent for owner occupiers. I mean that must be weighing on their mind as well. So is there a need for such an aggressive approach by the RBA? Uh, I think two eighty by the end of the year is is a bit unrealistic. Um, as you say, the data doesn't yeah. really suggest that they need to go that that quickly. Um, but I think, you know, a, a rate out of around 2 or just above 2% is fair. Um, you know, I don't see why the RBA needs to pause at any of its meetings this year. Um, you, you, you look, we've got a cash rate currently at 35 basis points, but you've got a very strong labour market and you've got inflation that, that's way above their target band. I don't see why, you know, why they would not want to move quickly towards neutral um, now we know that Governor Loeb mm. so thinks neutral is probably around 250, maybe a little bit higher. Um, so getting the cash rate to two percent by the end of the year seems seems easily achievable. Tell you what, Sky, I'll do your deal. Two twenties, two meetings, successive twenties. We can be a bit untidy for the next meeting, and then it all gets tidied up the meeting after that. How does that sound? I hope they're listening because that's the answer to everyone's questions. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, it it, it could. I, I think you. Know, you could easily see them go 25 um, at this meeting and then maybe after the next CPI print, which is out in late July, um, they could do a bigger move in, in August if that does surprise to the upside. Well, we'll find out, won't we? We're going to have to wait till tomorrow for that. Uh, good to talk, Sky. Good to have you back on. We'll catch you again soon. Thanks, Phil. And that is it. That's the morning call for this Monday morning. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Back again tomorrow morning. I'll see you then. Thanks for listening.